Thanksgiving is here. You can hear me getting fatter if you're listening, especially if you're listening by tomorrow evening, because I'll be at home where uh, my mother will be cooking up a storm and my sister will just have a lot of cake laying around. So super helpful for, for my ability to stay anywhere near it. We're doing a special six-year anniversary podcast, proving fighting easier from outside the cage. You can stay sharper longer. We're, we don't have a Tito versus Chuck 3 situation on our hands. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Tex-Mex in southern LA? Like, What do you guys do for Thanksgiving? I mean, you go to the beach. You uh, have a kale salad. Mm. <laughs> Why would we have Tex-Mex when we live in California? Uh oh, Cali mix. Sorry, that's okay. your mezcal. No, that's a liquor. I get. It. Yeah, I'll work. <laughs> Hold on, you go. Kim's about of trying to paint the perfect LA hipster. Sometimes backfires as much as it is when I'm like, Kev, you know, it's our sixth year today, and he's like, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure I double booked both my girlfriend's birthday and our podcast on the same day, so I never forget it. Well, Kev. It did, and I—I <laughs> I forgot I the right one. Right though I, this does explain why she was confused when I got us a six-year cake on the sixteenth <laughs> and took her out to a nice dinner for it. Now it's uh, pieced together where I might have went wrong. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> In a true uh, comedy of errors, Kevin just comes over and goes, "Oh no, you got Raph's cake, shit!" I came on uh. here to celebrate Vicky's birthday. I guess I uh, yeah. fucked that up <laughs> royally. That'd be great if. You just did a podcast on Vicky, but it was a new episode was every year of her life. Yeah, call, yeah I could call it 31. Mm-hmm. She, she would love that. I'm sure. It's like my hour 26, things got real thin. <laughs> in this, I just made shit up. I said you were on the Titanic. <laughs> Obviously, you weren't. Not the first one. <laughs> it's always best to estimate what you think happens. As to paint a really good picture in your podcast audience's mind. And you and I are nothing short of artists at that. (laughs) We have a list of stuff we're not thankful for, for this Thanksgiving, because this is a holiday of anger. I want to call an uncle and yell at him. Just about everything. Mm. Everything. But the first thing, Raph, jujitsu isn't thankful. AJ just left. He's just left How us. dare he just abandon us? Who's going to fulfill his role as a heel? Look, we're not we- saying we were in love, but the sex was fantastic. And if you're just going to waltz out of our grappling lives and into our MMA uh, commune, because it's not really a family like grappling is. MMA has people that wear tap-out shirts and people that have been training their entire life. It's a, it's a nice broad mixture. Not a, not even a letter ref? Like an Instagram post with a poem? Where's our poem? The, well, I haven't seen a sonnet yet, but he definitely went on Ariel show. <laughs> As Lucy chimes in with, I listened. It was fantastic. <laughs> the article pops up. AJ, well, hold on. I'm going to read the headline for you because it says, Jiu-Jitsu standout AJ Agazarm signs with Bellator MMA. Uh, not an article you're going to need to read to get any more of the gist than that. If you do, if you know what MMA is and AJ Agazarm, you do not read to, need to read this article because all it does is give Dylan Danis a weird shout out that he doesn't deserve. 
do we know what he's fighting at weight wise? Any idea? Nah. But you brought up Dylan Dennis, <laughs> which does prompt a really nice uh, joke that I've been running with in terms of Bellator. Well, I'm going to test it on you and see what you, you think of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Kev, break the news that AJ Agazarm uh, signed with Bellator. Breaking news this hour. MMA organization UFC competitor Bellator has signed jiu-jitsu standout AJ Agazarm. Well, they definitely have a type. Hey, <laughs> I like that a lot. Actually, that's, I thought you were, I thought you, had, you were going a completely different nope. direction. Just the moment I realized him and Dennis, because everybody just assumes make the jujitsu people fight each other. It's the same thing. How with Gary? That's why we have to ask Gary. Are you going to fight Crone? Because guess what? Crone is going to do a fight with you more likely in MMA than he would in jujitsu. And there's been rumors for years that Crone just wants nothing to do with Gary. And I didn't know exactly how to respond to that rumor because I thought, well, I'm sure, you know, time and place, these Metamorphs things will work out. They'll get one at like Metamorphs 20. Oh, no, no one came from the future to tell us about Metamorphs. So instead, <laughs> thanks, they you time traveling assholes. See each other. Gary goes to 1FC, Crone signed by 1FC. Oh, no, wait. He's now going to the UFC. Hey, just an announcement. We had some technical difficulties. That's why Raph can't hear me, but we thought we'd play it for you anyway because it's just fun. He is now being booked. I believe it is, if not confirmed, uh, heavily put out there. I've heard from sources. Controversial opinion on that. himself has actually been saying, like, yeah, I'm playing the UFC. And they're like, has that been announced? And he's like, "Um, I mean... I'm Uh, so grateful for it. Maybe I'm fighting in the UFC. So that's happening January 23rd. So you could make the argument that Crone went to another organization to duck Gary. I'm not. I'm just saying at this point now, Kev, you've got Haywire all over the place. You've got Crone potentially at the UFC. You've got Gary at 1FC. And now you've got Dylan Dennis and AJ Agazarm, and people are asking who is going to be the first crack at the pinata known AJ Agazarm. Kev, what was your initial response when you did find out, though, that AJ had been signed? I have so many responses to so many of the things you just said. And one of them, pettily, is I was so excited when I saw the Cron UFC rumor. End of technical difficulty. Back to a normal streaming conversation of the show. You're welcome. Rep, he doesn't even send like a poem. Not even a poem. It's just gone. Yeah. It's really a shame uh, because we haven't even seen as much of a sonnet yet. He did go on Ariel Hawani's show, though. Um, why? How? <laughs> oh, no. You showed the picture of the hair touching. <laughs> and I do have to. Uh, what, were you watching? I didn't watch it live. Well, I did see a clip that got put up. So I heard he made the announcement on air with Ariel, which great. Good for him. He flew all the way out there so that he could be live in the studio, even though Ariel probably said, you don't have to do that. And he's like, no, I insist. I will come into the studio because I just want to be there. And I want to tell you in person, Mr. Hawani. And he's just like, whatever you say, kid, I don't know who you are. So he's in studio and the clip they put up today and AJ was very bragging about it in his own sense when he said, 
This is my favorite clip of all time, guys. <laughs> and that's when Ariel Hawani wanted to touch the cauliflower ear of one AJ Aga's arm. Now, it was reminiscent, as a true late-night historian, of when Jimmy Fallon touched Donald Trump's hair. The meme that we made was uh, when talk show hosts flirt with danger or disaster, (laughs) however you want to put it. The reason being, Kevin, as any true late-night historian knows, is that that moment when Jimmy Fallon did that was when he started losing to Colbert. It was a pivotal moment. And straight out of the gate, do you think that's who AJ fights first? We get him in the cage with Jimmy Fallon in the Bellator clip. He's like, I got to bring. Well, I guess Campbell's probably the more likely anecdote. How are his ratings? Uh, Kimmel actually on occasion when they have like the NBA and stuff can win. Kimmel actually carried, uh, the best ratings on the night of the, uh, midterms, uh, about a week and a half ago. No way. Yeah. He was the one that won that one. And I said, really him over Colbert, <laughs> your or? arrested development face. Him? <laughs> well, so who a does, true, who does a AJ true late night historian though? Oh, go ahead. Tell no, you yeah. that's no, really this point. Seth and Amy it's Thanksgiving. Okay. But uh, anyway, no, as you're saying, yes, I also love Arrested Development. There's a lot of comedy to go around. Who does he fight first is, I believe, the question you're trying to jam into this more than any kind of stuffing into an easy bake turkey. But I want to tell you, Kev, I don't know. And if it's Dylan Dennis, yes. Don't. But if it's not Dylan Dennis, no one cares. Now, Kev, did we do the breaking news bit yet? Uh, breaking news? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That part, the the audience heard. It's Thanksgiving. Okay. We had a little okay. uh, drinking malfunction. A little it's staff nobody's here. business. They're hearing parts of that and parts of this. <laughs> They're good. So the breaking news, you're good. I was almost just going to do the joke again, uh, <laughs> just in case, to throw people off, especially on the holidays when they go, is this... A- is this on repeat? How much drinking? Did I hit the backwards button? I don't remember <laughs> an ad. This is as, as good a time as any to say, though, I have a lot of comments to your opinions because I am positive I got a good record of that. Okay. One of the things that cracks me up is that I theorize, in fact, Cron did do all of this UFC rumor business just yeah. to mess with Gary. I believe he was like, I'll just, yeah. I'll just uh, leap him, and that ought to piss Gary off. AJ, however, I like the stylistic matchup of him fighting, so obviously I'm not thankful for this, and AJ is hilarious. This is a great moment for jiu-jitsu because we get to see, can he submit people? Now that he's fighting against people that are, in theory, not going to be his caliber, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, he should be primed and ready for this. Haven't seen his hands, but strikes me as having good hand-eye coordination, Raph. Well, Kev, he's learned boxing from none other than extras Mario Lopez, so... Things look very AC promising there. Slater. If AC Slater would definitely be an MMA fighter in in his twenties. I'll talk different different fantasy different era, fiction guys. podcast where we do uh say by the bell what if stories. It's yep. like uh Zach did meth, obviously, straight out of college. Don't ignore that Kelly wedding. That didn't last at all. He didn't have the emotional intelligence to lock it down. I Screech think, invented a Facebook. It's cool. Oh, Screech is the current worst, most bad shit story. I definitely watched the Lifetime movie no, about that. No, I did yeah. too. Oh, good. And <laughs> you're just leaving it 
fearing for everyone's lives that they spent yeah. that much time with Screech and Lisa Larkin. Or no, what was her something Larkin? Lisa Turtle. Lisa Turtle, but it was what was her real name? The actress. She got very religious. Oh yeah, I don't know that much. I just know that between that and the TLC story featuring Little Mama as Left Eye, you can have yourself a really good lifetime weekend of movies, my friends. Uh, throw a little bit of uh, Drew Peterson as played by Rob Lowe. Mwah. Trifecta. <laughs> and there's <laughs> there's a real mixture of my thanksgiving passion for lifetime movies it's like there's no time when you're at your lowerest than fresh after thanksgiving it's like i just need something to watch that won't get in the way of my digestion that's lifetime so so binge it the florida boy heads to mma we wish him well we will be watching and we will be watching most likely for free that's beauty of bellator (laughs) we'll have to pay Uh, 68.99 to they uh, do have the 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 dancing I think is what it's called, or Dazen, whatever they're calling it. I don't know what it is, but it's another digital platform. So they're kind of doing what the UFC is doing. That's kind of their fight pass thing, but it's grouped together with other smaller fight organizations so that if you want to watch them or Combates Americas, uh, you have to order that digital viewing platform for half of the Bellator fights. Ooh, okay. Hmm. Well, question mark out in terms of the price-wise. But, but, Kev, isn't this a good time to make the the strong transition into the note I gave you about a certain Black Friday sale? You gave me a note about a certain Black Friday Yeah, there's a big Black Friday sale for fight fans, and we don't normally get one. Oh, you're talking about, of course, uh, things we're not thankful for, and this is on that list. Um, this absurd fight round three. They just did the third press conference that surprisingly everyone was awake for Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell. And I have to say, rep, I was confused about who's hosting this, but apparently they're offering it at a discount. Mm-hmm. That's the black Friday sale. <laughs> Golden boy promotions said, Hey, buddies. You remember these guys? Yeah, I know. I I hear you. I hear you. $59 is a lot to pay for these people. So on the sneaks, we're going to make $49. You don't like that? I know. I know. I know. You know the main two. You know a Tom Lawler, maybe friend of the show, Albert Martinez, or uh uh-oh, maybe we don't know his name. Albert Morales, the warrior. He's on that card, too. But, guys, what if I were to tell you, during the weigh-ins, for two hours during the weigh-ins, you can get this price at a reduced price of $19. What? What? No, I don't Don't ask me if I just lowered the price from $59 to $19. That's crazy. Yes, I am technically doing that, but only for two hours because if you don't pay it, then it's $49, which is still less than we originally tried to do it. What? Worry us? No, you're crazy. You guys are worried. We're not, we're not worried. <coughs> $5. Would you pay $5? That's what they're screaming outside so, of the headquarters. What I said. 4 
when I said Kevin and I contend, it's one of the funnier messages I got back regarding anything fight related in a bit. But the note I got back to my post that said, well, we're getting closer to the price you'd pay for it. And Kevin just goes, we're still far from it. <laughs> nope, it's still not good enough. There, There's a reason this one feels like it's pay-per-view. That's because it's probably not in the interest of people wanting. This is, I mean, never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit on it anymore than I think I have. I'll tell you what I told Albert Morales. The 1968 is- Lions are taking on the 72 Green Bay Packers <laughs> this week. It's gonna be pay per view because uh, all the proceeds go to the players. This is <laughs> that essentially. In a game that even the NFL Network calls why? <laughs> There's very little reason for this. But we're going to do it anyway. Tune in Thanksgiving evening for 6872, a 30 for 30. Uh, I just realized that you could do concussions, concussions. That would actually work really well uh, as a chance. Do you know why I'm really good with my chance right now, Kev? Ooh, I do not. I'm trying to follow that lead. Okay. It, it's the best segue until you brought it up. But. The reason why I'm so good with my chance right now is I went to the WWE Survivor Series. Hold on. I'm going to put a pin in this topic that I'm super not thankful for to talk about something I am thankful for. This Christmas, get people something they want, something they need. Don't just ask them what's under your gi. Assume for them that they don't have underwear engineered for hygiene, comfort, and durability and Get them com. Free shipping on orders over $80. 30-day money-back guarantee. You have to go to com. You have to look at the long spats. This is different. <laughs> As Kevin says, <laughs> he's dreaming of spats. I'm fine. Time. I'm fine about this. <laughs> but they have... I'm just looking at, so even our friend Emil Fisher commented on Facebook on the 16th of August, 2017, underwear engineered for jujitsu. He would know. He rolls a lot. and He's a hippie individual. Look, you want to get less hippie, head on over to provennutrition.com. That's proven-nutrition.com. You need to enter Kevin and Raph 10. So you get a little discount and you give us credit for going to buy the products that you, we know you're buying. We know you are. We saw you. ProvenNutrition.com. Nutritional beverage mixes for sustained energy and enhanced performance. I lack two things. Sustained energy and enhanced performance. Those are two things I constantly am trying to find. I find them in the core drink. If they can work a little bit for me, they're going to send you into Tyson mode on Wednesday mm-hmm. night at the gym. Proven Nutrition. Dot com rap yeah you went to summer something slam survivor series this is a different S- one uh, oh no no this can't be enough <laughs> okay i'll google survivor series you tell the people what the that is is this, this okay. isn't the reality show no it's not no Live? it's not survivor the series it's survivor did rich series. make an appearance from season wow. one can I, <laughs> can I tell you that jeff probst in my mind he's won emmys and people seem to really love him But that's a unique talent that he has. And it makes me wonder, was Jeff Probst the person who just didn't play basketball, but we'd be on the sidelines narrating as the challenge is going on (laughs) and going, oh, Kev is really going in deep here, but oh, he's got to start all over Scott Andrews is struggling right now. 
That junior is oh. struggling. But Stacy's mom has got it going on is something that Dave would say over here who's coming in. Ooh, finish is strong. And I'm like, you're the annoying friend. <laughs> Jeff Probst, I'm glad that you've won Emmys and that people like you and that you seem to be very uh, pleasant. Thank you, YouTube. But to me, ooh, For no a video thanks. called Full Survivor Series 2018 Results. Yeah, and what are you learning from that, Kevin, aside Brock from Lesner lots of ads? Brock Lesnar was there fighting a homeless man? <clears throat> Brock Lesnar fought Daniel Bryan. And oh, okay. I'd like to tell you this. Daniel Bryan, definitely smaller than him, right? If you're looking at it. Yeah. And it's uh, – hold on, Rep. I want to talk to yeah. you about – so it says Brock Lesnar defeats Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hit you with the next line. Raw wins battle for brand supremacy, 6-0. That is a gross statement, and I don't know what it means. You're right to question the way they wrote it. Cool. Oh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Oh, she's fighting Ric Flair's daughter? Daughter, yes. (laughs) All right. How is it not (laughs) Rakina Flair? How's that not her name? (laughs) Charlotte? All right, fine. It's a great name, but Rakina, it's a cool name. Um. Where do I begin here? All right. Let's start with the homeless man. That's Daniel Bryan. The reason why we like him, Kevin, is uh, many reasons. He was the submission specialist. He actually does train some jiu-jitsu. His main finisher is an omoplata. He has finished people with guillotines. He legit has a really good guillotine, so I've heard. And uh, as of recently, he started using heel hooks. Mm. Now, that's pretty cool. Uh, he was also the person who had to retire live on Raw uh, like about two or three years ago. They told him they, he could never wrestle because his neck's fucked up. And then all of a sudden, this year, they gave him the okay to wrestle. Reason being, the WWE tries to take a very cautious approach with concussions and bad symptoms for any head injuries or major injuries. So all these other specialists were telling Daniel Bryan, like, yeah, you could wrestle still. But the main WWE one never signed off on it. And Daniel Bryan kept saying, I want to break my WWE contract so I can go anywhere else and I'll wrestle. I will do that. <clears throat> As a result of that, they finally convinced the doctors that he would be okay. Here's where that gets a little scary, Kev. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm not is when they say, this ends. <laughs> hey, guess what? You can go ahead and have a match, even though it's pretend. With Brock Lesnar. And you say to yourself, that doesn't sound smart. No, because at some point you still have to lift him. Like, if, even if this is, if this were Romeo and Juliet, I'd have concerns if Brock Lesnar were my Romeo or Juliet. Exactly. I don't know how it's going to work. but So Brock Lesnar basically hits him with a suplex the very first time. And all of us in the crowd just go, uh, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. However, Daniel Bryan comes back to life after a low blow, allows him to get back into the match, and uh, makes it competitive, Kevin. But the one spot I wanted to tell you about in this match is, you know a fireman's carry, right? Yes. Okay. So Brock Lesnar's finisher is essentially picking a person up like it's a fireman's carry and standing up and then just whirling them around so that they hit the mat. Okay? Okay. So start with that fireman's carry. But then... Take into mind that Daniel Bryan had done some damage to Brock's leg, and they make it transition into an omoplata. 
Um, that sounds like more jujitsu than I see out of Brock frequently. It really was. Uh, and don't get me wrong, Brock still like powered out of it, but he, he was selling it very well. Brock did end up winning, uh, but Daniel Bryan put him to the test. So that's fun to see because I, I just I had come to the terms of Brian, Daniel Bryan not wrestling anymore, and then getting to see him there was was good. It was just concerning, and Brock seemed to actually respect him. And if we're being really honest, Kev, Brock looks um, how do we say this? Puppy. Smaller. Oh, you think he looks okay? Interesting. You say puffy, but I say smaller and more. Your puffiness is also in regards to not being as uh, cut or as compact anymore. Yeah, that was what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Now Ronda Rousey, Kev, do you have any memories of Ronda Rousey ever losing a tooth in an MMA fight? I uh, no, I don't. Well, she definitely got popped with an elbow and lost her tooth to one Miss Charlotte Flair. When Charlotte hit her with the chair, how did she lose? Where'd the tooth go? Where'd it come well, from? Well, it was during the match. So I would argue MMA loosened it. So if Charlotte sure. Flair got it open, I mean, congrats to her. But I feel like we have a little, there's a little claim in that. Like Holly Holm put in the work three years ago. That's what I'm saying. She, and Charlotte finished. She was like the girlfriend out of college that helped learn, you know, like, <laughs> we're going to teach you how to cook. Like, you've got to be more of a feminist. <laughs> Loosened it up. Ready for the person to blossom into losing a tooth when they go to a pro-wrestling pro wrestling, pro wrestling, wrestling career. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I'm so bored. Did Charlotte Flair get DQ'd? Is that yes, what I'm seeing? Did. Yes, she did. And how did she get DQ'd, Kev? Uh, it, well, it appears by the weakest committee of referees came in and shouted her out of the ring. Uh, hit her with a chair. She did hit her with the chair, but it was initially uh, she just was finding she couldn't beat Ronda and put her away. She put her in the signature figure four leg lock, which, as we know, was one that her father used. One was that actually trying, works in jiu-jitsu, people. Just reminding you. Trying to pull clothes off. And uh, here's what happens. She can't finish her. They roll to the outside. Rhonda sees her, starts running after Charlotte because now she's getting crazed and she's like, how dare you? I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And yep. that's when Charlotte Flair hit her with a kendo stick and was disqualified. But she pushed not one, not two, approximately seven refs out of her way to put a chair around Ronda Rousey's neck after viciously hitting her multiple times with a kendo stick, Kev. It was something to behold because all I could think about was... Sounds healthy. Well, it was a split audience. And honestly, I haven't heard a split audience for Ronda quite like that since I covered Misha versus Ronda, where Ronda wasn't universally loved. It was kind of a half and half, and that's what it was at the Staples Center. And yet, here we were... With pro wrestling fans cheering Ronda, getting the shit kicked out of her, and loving every second of Charlotte. And all I could think of was, this is an extension of every MMA fan's wish that hates her. Everybody wins in this scenario. Ronda gets to show that she can take bumps and she's not just getting a star treatment. Charlotte gets to show that she's over. And the crowd gets to enjoy Ronda getting beat up. Okay. Uh, do you mind telling me what Raw wins is? 
Oh, well, okay. Well, okay, Seth Rollins defeats Shinsuke Nakamura in what grappling commentators called a Gary Tonin-like performance. (laughs) That's pretty funny. And then Uh, something called Raw wins, which I'm just going to say really hmm. slaps safe sex messages right it in the really face. does the kids are very confused by that one she's like i thought it was supposed to be condom wins condom <laughs> wins not raw we don't need any more of this ref yeah i mean it's kind of funny when you hear kids being like you watch them raw this week and being like that's close to sounding really bad Could <laughs> no not? i'm not i'm gonna watch responsibly in my home <laughs> So there's Raw. Uh, they Okay, Kev, this is what happens. At Survivor Series, they were trying to show something that says they have uh, two different brands, SmackDown and Raw, and they want to show who's the better brand. Just different shows. That's it. It's no different than the NFC and the AFC. It's what happens. It's a big show. They come together and they compete. Now, here's where it gets weird. Survivor Series to you, and you're wondering why I'm so excited about this. And I'm not just excited in the sense that uh, this is my fourth of the four big shows. I have been to a Royal Rumble. I have been to a WrestleMania. I have been to a SummerSlam multiple times. And I have been to a Survivor Series. Those are the big four to go to, Kev. And I've been to them. I completed my trifecta. But I'm not just happy about that. I'm happy about this. Kev, the whole key to Survivor Series is that it was the original quintet. It is you stay in as long as possible in the traditional survivor series matches i don't remember this in the andre the giant documentary they did not cover it because they just he, it wasn't a major thing for him but kev now it was cool to come back and see how i mean quintet is a thing and to see people excited about it and that I could educate people and saying like, yeah, I know you guys sometimes don't get it, but like you get this. And they're like, oh, yeah, Shane McMahon, he's the last uh, survivor of the team. He's got to come through. Oh, no, he just died. OK. And I have to tell you, Kev, I was hoping that Shane McMahon would be able to perform a little bit better and show off some of the moves that Gordon Ryan and John Danaher have been giving him in his privates. But oh, I guess not. Gross. That's awesome. I'm done. <laughs> oh, is that why they're wearing similar shirts? They're on yes. teams? Yes. Thank you. Oh, there's so many things to keep track of. The steroids. But, the, Nick, Nia Jax is the sole survivor. Yes, she was the, the, the last person uh, from both teams. Oh, so she was able to do it. She actually, Kevin, there's a rear a naked. Tricky. This is like a rear naked choke. It was. It was a rear naked choke <laughs> that her partner was performing. Now, wait to see what her she does to that partner. Oh, I, I didn't get that. I have oh. AOP defeats the bar. What that was like via neck crank. Is that? Hey, hold on. What? Is that the Undertaker I just saw? No, the Undertaker is OK. He's not there that day. Oh, it's just a big dude with a beard. Got it. Yeah. But what you should know, though, Kev, is Nia actually went and when her partner was going to be able to win and put away somebody with essentially a rear naked choke kind of a move or a cross face, if you would, uh, she interrupted, beat the shit out of her own partner and then beat the person from the other team. So she basically cost her own partner from winning the series. Just so that she could get all the fame. She very famously actually hit another female competitor who was supposed to have a match with Ronda, who's essentially become new Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
And I'm telling you, Kev, the crowd is majorly behind her in a way that it, it's huge. And uh, she actually, the big girl, Nia, actually punched uh, Becky in the face for real and gave her like concussion and kind of broke, I believe, her orbital bone or something to that effect. So she had to like step down, and that's when they pushed Charlotte into the main forefront. So that's your Survivor Series recap, kids. I'll just tell you this. I want to thank Monte Wiley, a former guest of Verbal Tap, for even uh, thinking to bring me. Because, Kev, I wasn't going to go. I was like, no, nah, I'll watch it at home. I'm good. I had people offering to get tickets, and I was like, nah, I'm good. And then Monte hit me up, and I was like, you know, I would see Monte. I have not seen him in a good minute. And I'd love to see how he ingests the WWE Live. And Kev, I kid you not, we counted no less than 100 championship belts. Some people wearing not one, not two, but three belts as they were walking around the Staples Center. Good. It's a lot. It's good for them. Well, thank you for catching me up on something I'm very thankful for. SummerSlam. Rep, this next item on our talkabouts list, um, real fighting is not thankful for. You mentioned him, so this is what they call in the business, or you called me out for earlier, a smooth Mm. transition. Yes, very nice. Gordon Ryan has agreed to a slap fight with Fabricio Verdum. What? Wait, what? (sighs) Yeah. I'm in. Don't get me wrong. I'm watching. But I'm surprised. So is Gordon headed towards, I guess uh, that's not the point. He's probably headed towards MMA. It kind of seems like that's that's what he's drifting with in these slap fights. But who's doing this? Do you know? So this one's being put together by the Combat Jiu-Jitsu brand itself, which is the subset of EBI. It appears that they will be a super fight and that there's also going to be a four man heavyweight championship, which is a month after Vinny is supposed to fight for that PFL $1 million prize. Uh, so that's interesting, but here's what it means though. And on a larger level, it's the combat jujitsu brand now making their own sort of thing which gives credence to the idea of saying, yeah, it does look like that is kind of the future of what EBI is. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely got a big name. This is Gordon himself saying that he will definitely be tested. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an intriguing thing to figure out if Gordon's jiu-jitsu can overcome Verdum's experience. And Verdum's last jiu-jitsu, straight jiu-jitsu match at uh, Spider a few weeks ago was not super exciting. But now he can slap a motherfucker around. So lots of question marks. <laughs> I also think Verdum just knowing he's not going to get like a full-on punch or kick to the face, he's going to be more comfortable. Legit black belt. Not sure. I just was excited to see Gordon have to fight someone big. That's mostly like the, the fun of this for me because – Jiu-jitsu wise, love to see Fabricio compete. Not sure he's where Gordon is. I don't think that's controversial. On jiu-jitsu, no, I don't think so. I think we're good. Specifically in in the submission milieu, if you will. There is I please smack the shit out of Gordon though. Don't you want to watch his hair get messed up a little bit? Just really a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, we're just at a point now where the weirdest part about combat jiu-jitsu is it still feels a little bit like a game show. It still feels like we can't sell people on grappling alone. So we go, okay, grappling. But when you touch the floor as lava, you get to slap. Grap slap. Look out. Oh, no, we got the grap slap clock in the corner. How long can he slap for? So it's kind of hard to super get excited about it um, in one sense. And in the other sense, there's a lot of goons who just love seeing people get slapped silly. I, I Without fail, Kevin, every Poor time I go to a combat jiu-jitsu, I can't help but laugh because it seems like a series of uh, misadventured stooges uh, shorts where people are just getting slapped and you just want to add it a whoop, 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 every once in a while. <laughs> and in addition to it being just kind of a fun fight, there is going to mm-hmm. be some cool grappling moments in that because Verdum, anytime you see a seasoned MMA fighter, someone at championship caliber, a champion, they fight grappling with an ease that is hard to emulate any other way. So it, yeah. it actually could be a fun, and you know he's going to come in a clean 80 pounds heavier than steroids hair. So yeah. No matter how much bleach Gordon puts in well, his highlights that day, he's going to be let's a Let's also be man. very, very clear, Kev. This is taking place in Mexico. <laughs> for a person who was recently told by USADA, uh-uh. And a grappler who... How do I put this? The internet has dubbed uh, most likely to steroid. <laughs> So you think Gordon's going to be like, I'm going to be taking injections up unto the match? Or are you saying this is reason for Doom will be even bigger? What? No, I'm saying Mexico. What? Rules. Um, yeah, we've got them. Sure. You do you, Booze. You I think- do you, Booze. <laughs> You do you, booze. Can I hold on? Can I interrupt you real quick for a Google yeah. News update? Yeah, go for it. Uh, there's this thing from ABC News that says UFC plans to open world's biggest MMA training facility in Shanghai. That is and accurate. well, but hold on. Do you want to know who the picture is of? No, Booger from ESPN's Monday Night Football. It's his. He's just down <laughs> on the field, and it, I I love it so much. It doesn't make any sense. But the new face of the UFC in Shanghai, uh, more pro booger, who's ready? My God. Well, that's how you know the UFC's in safe hands. It's Thanksgiving, everybody. The UFC's got a new <laughs> website. You need to calm down. They need to calm down. I want to talk about something I'm semi-thankful for. We actually yes. have two topics we're semi-thankful okay. for. We already talked about the Kron thing, <laughs> and I'm semi-thankful. He's signing... He might sign with the UFC was my favorite headline because I judge my headlines in MMA based off of how much they upset Gary Tonin. Mm. And you know he saw that one and was like, are you motherfucking joking? He audibly said to his empty kitchen. (laughs) Can we also be very honest in saying maybe we're more responsible for this than we think we are? We said this. We We did say this this about a week ago from this very moment when we talked with Gary 
And I think we did that thing that girls do at a slumber party where they conjure a spirit back to life when they play on a Ouija board. You're talking about the movie The Craft. It was amazing. And it starred Nev Campbell. It did. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, (laughs) Anybody. I won't stop throwing 90s references at the screen (laughs) to see what sticks tonight. Podcast wise. You heard way more on Say by the Bell future tales. That's true. You're expected to. So if you were wondering about Kevin's lifetime credentials. Yes. He's also getting the second run (laughs) versions of lifetime movies. The ones that they did produce, but that they said practical magic. Yes, please. I've talked about pregnancy pact before, Raph, yeah. and I'll talk about it again. <laughs> but it's one of the greatest pieces of cinema ever produced. And Spielberg's upset he rejected that script. That's I, yep. I've heard that. I don't know. I don't have the acumen you do in the movie industry. Yeah, but that's what I heard. So those are the the general feelings that I have about Crone signing where I was like, Oh, did we but, do that? Cause we just said, it's like, did. he's retired. We and did. then all of a sudden <laughs> two minutes later they go, or he heard the show and said, fuck you guys, Gary, I'm going to the UFC. <laughs> and to finish the point, I guess I started two and a half minutes ago that you're trying to steer us back to mm. nicely. Semi thankful. Lovato versus Musasi is announced. Yay, that's he's fighting for the I title. Know. Gregard, get your shit in order, man. And Gregard's like, yeah, heard ya. I know who Lovato is. <laughs> but this is a fun one. This feels like I know he's fought really good people. You know, Soldier. Yeah. The, there's He's fought good people. This is a different level of good people. This is someone with a scotch more experience and someone that hasn't done the cross back and forth. He's been an MMA fighter for a really long time. Yeah. This is a good test for Lovato. And there are moments in sports in terms of this is going to be pivotal. This is my only drop of this ref. The Chiefs game last night where they mildly lost to the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> no one lost that game. Not the people watching. Not the people that won. Not the people. 54-51 is not exactly an endorsement. I can't wait to see it again in February. But this is one of those moments where Lovato can only have so many fights with Bellator. It's not like they have him to an exclusive deal. I don't know the details surrounding it. That's not the point I'm making. But I do know eventually he's going to become a free agent. And eventually, yeah. and now that one championship has happened, we know the UFC is prepared to buy fighters out. They're, provide, they're ready mm-hmm. to sell fighters. They're ready to start doing trading like this is the NBA or the NFL. It's an interesting moment where if Lovato makes a statement again and he's made several so far he wins this fight convincingly be prepared to see a mix-up or see him headed to a different place and I don't just mean that because of the Joe Rogan interview where it was you know basically a UFC verbal hand job I'm talking about something a little more sophisticated which is Lovato wins this fight he becomes one of the most sought after middleweights out there mm-hmm. am i overreacting rap no, i don't think so and the question is where would lovato fit in in that current situation he would start all the way at the bottom here he has the opportunity to be a champ i i think he would i don't think the ufc considers a bellator fighter to be a thing not because they don't respect the person but because they don't respect the organization 
it's kind of where when people say, well, where's Ben Askren ranked? He's got to be up there. The UFC goes, eh, does he have to be? <laughs> so, I, try, I, forgot ben uh, I mean, I know that we Full paid disclosure. For thank you for that reminder. Uh, That's a good point by you. I was like, oh, God, yeah, Ben Askren. Haven't seen a word. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, Ben's doing the best he can to try and promote himself, and that's why he's vaguely cutting the world's most boring, interesting things that he can possibly muster. But, Kev, with Lovato, we both can be excited for the fact that Bellator pays him, and I believe they actually would pay him better than the UFC would. I think he would need to be a title holder with a few defenses before they said, oh, you know what? That sounds like a good investment. Because Lovato is a very, very solid businessman. And I think he knows the difference between a good paycheck and a really good paycheck. And it sounds like for the time being, Bellator is willing to invest in him. If he does beat Gegard Misousi, that would be huge. And I believe they would really commit a lot of their efforts to promoting the most decorated American grappler as somebody who is a champion. It does sell itself very nicely. He's got a great story, beautiful martial arts acumen. Like, it just all fits. The hard part is, oh, but what? I mean, is Bellator going to be around forever? Yes. I mean, does the, the network have problems? I'm not ordering Danzen. I actually put it up to a vote one day. And I said, do I have to order this shit on Instagram? And there was an overwhelming response that said no. And that was concerning to me because I said, well, I thought we liked Bellator. And it turns out people like their Bellator like they like their newspapers. Free, please. Yeah, that's kind of how I I don't mean to be. Look, stay in your lane. There's yeah. those moments where it's like, hey, this is your lane. You should you should focus on it. And I think if Bellator fully believes they have a card worthy of a pay-per-view, they can have a card worthy of a pay-per-view. I believe they have a problem judging when that's the case. Yeah. So they struggle to know when they have a pay-per-view. And this, is, this isn't controversial. They really do struggle. They have mixed this back and forth. They've decided to charge for things that they weren't going to charge for previous or vice versa, which is, oh, shit, no one bought it. All right, guys, this is going to be on Friday Night Spike, and everyone can watch it. It's because they're bad at this. They need a little bit of help, but if they add some help, there are moments where they could genuinely charge for a pay-per-view, but those moments aren't with stars that are past their prime. It's with stars that are reaching a prime. Now, here's some interesting thing about that, though, Kev. You know where they place Lovato on? You know what that fight's going on with him and Masousi? When? The end result of the Bellator Grand Prix, which is Fedor versus Ryan Bader. So that's them now having a talking. lot of confidence in saying, we want to build this. And I just happened to interview J.J. Uh, Wilson, who's going to be on the undercard, who's a fighter out in San Diego. And I said, how do you feel? And he goes, holy shit, man. Yeah, I'm just excited to see those guys fight outside of me uh, destroying my opponent, which I will on January. And I was like, good sell. He goes, but he's like, to be on a card with Fedor, period. Amazing. To be on a card with Rafael Lovato Jr. I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. Amazing. So I couldn't help but feel excited for those select few who get put on that card because that's going to be a phenomenal opportunity for a lot of grapplers and a lot of MMA folk in the industry. 
So, yeah, I'm excited for it. And I'll tell you this much, Kev. I believe the UFC is coming out to Anaheim. And I don't know if those are the exact same days. I got to look that up. So, as you transition, I'm going to look and see what days those are. Because if they are overlapping, I'll tell you this right now. I'm happy to do so. But I will warn you, Rev. I'm Mm. transitioning to a topic you're going to need to be a part of. Mm. Only because, you know, feel free to do your research. But it upset me when you sent it, and it upsets Mm -hmm. me now. And it upsets me in a way that, just real quick, as I'm going through a scroll of previous shows we've done. This is the six-year anniversary, which Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not surprised by that information. Mm -mm. Verbal tap with Bubba McDaniel. We have him first on the show March 26th. 2013 mm-hmm. is what I see. Wh- what a lovely moment in our. We're mostly watching tough and the MMA fights. <laughs> it's just, it's really. He comes back on April 01. We're chatting with him again April 12th. We just like clearly have a passion for Bubba, who we do still have a passion for. Mm-hmm. Next shout out goes to Joe the Nose Wilk who appears on April 24th, followed by Mike Jasper, Adam Sella, Gilbert Jamal Smith, Rafael Lovato Jr., Eric Alberacine, Dave Rickles, and we're talking about a group of people still fighting, still training fighters, some of them fighting for championships, as the topic would preclude, some of them running some of the most successful gyms in their respective areas. Joe the Nose Wilk is a fucking genius, and he's running a massive gym, Doing small business and still fighting occasionally for fun. Rafael Lovato Jr. fighting for the championship. Eric Alberacine still training top-level champions in the UFC. Adam Sella, Gilbert Jamal Smith. Gilbert Jamal Smith runs a massive gym out here in Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Raph, we'll go to that next time we uh, get you out here to Colorado. Hmm. I'd like to do that. And Dave Rickles, the Neanderthal, still fighting somehow. But, Rap, I want to talk about June 14th, 2013. Okay. Verbal tap. It's all about Metamorphs 2. Uh. I'm positive you were there, and I'm positive you and I were way more excited about Metamorphs at the time. Yeah. This podcast does well. It's 90 minutes and 33 seconds, and you know it's all about that. You just know. Yeah. Metamorphs 2 was a different time. In all of our lives, guys, you might remember a simpler time when we all rallied around one event for grappling. And that was that was it. It was really all we had. And we did the best that we could to try and make it interesting. But this is, you know, Brendan shop card, by the way. Yes, it is, Kevin. I'm shop card. Doing my best to necessarily talk about. But it's also the Crown Gracie card. So let's be very close on that. Yeah. uh, DJ Steve Aoki. Lobato's on this card. JG Torres. Mm-hmm. Braulio Estima. Andre Goddamn. They really should have, in retrospect, made the Estima brothers just go against each other. Agreed. We said it then. Yeah. I don't know that we did, but we'll say it now. No, I don't think we did. Rap, you were training with Jevons and Kit Dale is where I was yes, headed I was. with this whole conversation no, before no. I got sidetracked with some <laughs> nostalgia about Thanksgiving. And John Evans... Being one of those names in jujitsu that you 
either do know or you don't know about, if you don't know about him, it's because you've never trained in Southern California and you're just not aware. There are some OGs in that business that teach on a different level, train on a different level, and are on a different level. And John Evans is that person. Everyone knows him if you've been doing this a while. Very few people know him if you're not listening to the commentary. He happens to be Raph's, one of his original instructors, a close friend to this day. I consider him a friend through Raph, but he's trained me a lot. He gave Raph and I the chance to open up into his gym and train for way more hours than two people of our physical stature should. I'll tell you this much right now. The current trajectory for us to ever train like that ever again is fairly non-existent. Hey, you shut up. We'll find a way. I just need to get healthy. I can't trade rap, so I get who's to blame. I get who's I'm to blame for it. You. Listen, yeah, you as soon as I can stay healthy for fucking eight, eight hours, we'll be good to go. Listen, you think that you're the only person? You think time stopped for me? You think that I've just been like, oh, hey, I'm injury free. No I mean, big I'm deal. I'm certainly a little worried about some of the people you've been training with. Yeah, me too. But you know what happens? I still have to go through all of the pain of rolling with those people. And those little injuries turn into lasting injuries, which is why it's so fun when everybody, and I mean this really, really sincerely, everybody I train with goes, wow, good defense. And you say to yourself, oh, thank you. (laughs) Uh, My rib says thank you. I can't. Tell you how much I appreciate it. There's one gentleman who I was training with, with Kit Dale and with John Evans, who like made sure to point out to everybody training, this guy's got great defense. And everybody goes, yeah, yeah, he does. Roll two more later with somebody else. This guy's got great defense. Mm-hmm. Roll with another guy. This guy has great defense. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yep. That still does not take away the 300 pounds of pressure that was applied to my face. So, yes, Kevin, please don't forget the fact that I'm not like, what, four years older than you. I'm like 15 in dog years and grappling years. I'll do my best. But you were fighting with Jevons, whom I just did way too much exposition about. It's going to go to his head, except fortunately he's not listening to anything. (laughs) Kit Dale is the other name you were fighting with. People will remember that name because we have done podcasts with him, some of our most successful podcasts. Not Gary Tonin or Craig Jones successful. Not Geo Freakazoid Martinez successful, certainly. Not Rafael Lovato Jr. I got to stop naming names because I'm only like halfway through the list. (laughs) Look, Kid Dale's great. And you know that, and he's super funny, and when he comes on the podcast with us, he's funnier than he normally is. Like because... actual funny. Yeah, well, actual fine. I mean, I'm not prepared to call him actual funny. I've met him a lot. I think people laugh. Um, uh, I'm not trying to say on looks mm-hmm. entirely. Eh, mm-hmm. Maybe I am. Because the moment you uh, say you're not trying to say something, if Marcus Aurelius has any... any influence in kit dale that's a philosopher for me don't worry about it you're just fine just stick with the australia he's gonna know that i i do think there is a sincerity to kit dale that's impressive but oftentimes i think people have been laughing because of the abs what was it like training with him and jevons 
so here's the fun thing about Jevons. Even when he goes away and he's just like, oh, man, I forgot how to jujitsu and I haven't gotten a ton sounds of. Right. Oh, no, no, yeah, this is right. fake. No, you're still a fucking <laughs> asshole. Fuck you, John. Uh, Kit Dale does this thing where um, he like he just beats you up real bad, you know. But, uh, I, you know, here's the fun part about rolling with Kit is that the whole time you're rolling with him, you think of two things. One, you just kind of go, man, I thought you'd be funnier. And two, you definitely like sit there and then you think like of all the burns that you're going to use when Kit Dale eventually says that you suck at jujitsu and you hold on to them in your split pocket because you wait for him to say something. And then sure enough, uh, Kit's like, oh, and uh, his raff, uh, yeah, don't mind him. He's a lot worse than he looks. And then you basically start ripping into Kit Dale and you go, hey, everybody, listen, it's Kit Dale, uh, podcaster of three important episodes of the Kit Dale podcast. Just three. He hasn't done any more than three, but he's trying. And then Kit just does that thing where he stares at you. He laughs and he's like, yeah, you couldn't get out of side control. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to live. <laughs> But I'll tell you this. He's I so get out of side dude. control if it was a joke contest, you simple bitch. Ouch. Actually, oh, get ready. <laughs> I actually did tell him something to that effect. And I was like, yeah, I go, when I bomb at passing, I sometimes say, you know what I should do? Uh, I should actually just uh, tell jokes. And he's like, why? So you should bomb twice? Was, was that weird. his burn? Was that, that was his burn. Oh, okay. You know... First of all, don't be mean about our jujitsu. We we know it. <laughs> Some of us are one giant muscle that occasionally smoke and drink ourselves out of shape. Another of us is rap. Don't be rude about this, Kit. <laughs> but anyway, no, That's the experience is amazing. They're yeah, so welcoming. I actually would love to train with them because, uh, like any jujitsu aka, I've convinced myself. If I could just train concept for a few weeks, I'd probably get a lot better. It, it's definitely something I've convinced myself, so please don't shit on it. Yeah. Here's, though, something to keep in mind, though, Kev. Uh, everybody always asks me, they're like, hey, when Kevin's, like, when he's healthy again, can you get him to come train with us? And I was like, I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to have to put Kevin through a camp just to, like, get him ready to take him places again. Because no offense to you guys. But y'all roll like it hard. And they're like, what? no, we'll totally like we'll dial it down. And I was like, we know what your dial down feels like. And we are not athletes, not naturally. So your dial down is still us going like it's ADCC <laughs> and going, oh, fuck. It's, how long has it been? Five minutes. Oh, better put a little lube everywhere this is a little johnson's baby oil good luck armbar and me you stupid assholes it was funny because i'm sitting there and i was telling uh i think it was jevons i was just like dude are you prepared for like the ridiculousness that is adcc i was like that kid that we talked with jay regal budo about who's like a supermodel who comes out and is just like i don't need a shirt i was like that dude is already hard to fucking do anything to to begin with. 
the last thing you need is you go, could you wear a rash guard though? Because you're just too good and you're really strong. And I need that little bit of friction to try and get a sweep. No? Okay, well then I'm fucked. Damn it. Gi? ADCC in the gi, anybody? No. All right, fine. <laughs> Who's got their singlet ready? Yeah. Raph, you train with Jevons at Kittel. You're still alive. So, um, am, yeah. as advertised, they're both weak-willed and not that interesting. So, <laughs> please don't Correct. tune in. To many of Kit's projects, and anytime Jevons is commentating, which is always a more fun time for me, because I enjoy an NPR-like education with mm. my grappling. Mm. And well, there's no way Jevons thinks of himself as the NPR-like commentator, but he is. Oh, well, that's very nice of you to say, Kevin. Jeez, you guys are great. <laughs> and he's great. Raph... Six years of doing this podcast, so we're on, I guess we're on our sixth Thanksgiving? Is that, yes, it is. That has to be right, doesn't it? There's no way it was before the 20th. To be fair, though, if you really think about the trajectory of this show, what does it say about us that our second act, not our first act, our first act was doing the first show, but our second act was to go out and be fat. Hey. Like, in 2012, it was both of us saying, Kev, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Here's the show. Um, what are we going to do the next one? I don't know. I got to go eat now. Okay, cool. See you That's in two more true. weeks. We don't come back until December 6th. <laughs> we, like, what the fuck? But then we, we just rip them off. Oh, 6th, yeah. 10th, 14th, 19th, and then we take a month-long break. Because the best part is Kevin was like, if I remember correctly, we were both saying, let's see how it goes. And it was almost at a time, and, and many of you will laugh at this whole concept, but at a time we're kind of like, I don't know, maybe like monthly? We, I don't know. Maybe when they have an event? It was fucking 2000 goddamn 12. There wasn't a podcast <laughs> manual. There was eight what people doing it? a podcast, which the numbers <laughs> reflect. Uh, you does. and I, no wonder. I, I honestly don't know what the numbers were like that month. I know what the no. numbers are like now because yeah. they don't have a historical... Hold on. I'm just highlighting a category to see if they do have historicals. I do no, I I do deeply remember us like trying to tell each other like, what if we get like a hundred people to listen to us? Like what would that feel like? Mind blowing, by the way, because we had both come from the live theater world where yes. thirteen people listened to you angrily was a success. Yep. And the podcast was much larger than that. And it's yep. still as I look back at the numbers, I'm like, God damn it. Oh my yep. what? So there's Clearly something, because I know the numbers didn't look like this the first week, that people nope. are interested in coming back, listening to some stuff, seeing things as they evolved. The podcast numbers consistently range at a place that would sell out the Bluebird Theater in Denver, which always makes me feel good. There is real life here. So we obviously decided, oh, okay, well, after the winter break, we will keep doing these podcasts, as we did three more in January of 2013. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of been pumping them out since, Raph. We really have. And, like, other shows uh, bring you garbage on a regular basis, but they don't meet our output. And that's always been our little secret is, you know, Kevin and I have a secret to our jiu-jitsu, which is we just both show up and then magic happens. But it really has been evident in our, our podcasting careers where we just kind of show up and we go, 
what are we talking about this week? And you think to yourself, because some people think, especially now, you can make seasons of your podcast. Like Serial does 13 and is like, nope, and we're done. It's like, fuck you guys. Fuck you for your ability to just do 13 and get 2 million people to listen in. 2 million people don't even know what jujitsu is. <laughs> Leave. So Get out of here. Us, the support that has always come from you guys has always been very, very helpful. But I do know that at the very beginning, when I'm trying to paint the picture of 2012 and saying, yeah, let's do one every event. At that time, they were making like 35, 30, 35 events max per year. Now we're pumping them out where it's every single goddamn weekend to the point where sometimes when Kevin's like, can I take this week off? And I'm like, do what you need, dude. Just, you know. Like, look at a highlight reel if you get a chance, because fuck, every weekend. This is a Thanksgiving weekend. We're supposed to not have anything, and yet the fates are tempting us with this fucking Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz thing. I've got people at my work coming up to me and asking me, Kevin, this is 100% true. Raph, Tito, or Chuck? And I go, Tito. And they go, really? And I go, yeah, if you knew what you were talking about, there wouldn't be a giant question mark after really. I think that Chuck Liddell gets a concussion just going on the scale. If I'm being honest. Anyway, the beautiful part is this. The world changes. Verbal Tap is always here for you. And we're always happy to give you our thoughts into the world of MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, WWE, BJJ, ADCC, hating on Gary Tonin. These are all, by the way, categories of episodes that we have. We just try to figure them, like, which ones they fall into. Uh, and, of course, Josh Palmer criticism. Do not underestimate how much Josh Palmer criticism you have coming your way. I never do. Especially in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like he's locked in and we're just getting started if uh you there's been a i'm not no no i'm not gonna do it i could go jay regalbudo got this out of us you awakened a beast we learned that there was people that like josh palmer we're like what and you know choice for tots bjj attorney Make sure mm. if it hasn't happened, you're paying attention. Dot org. Raph, that's it for us tonight, topics wise. You ready for some shout outs? Let's do it. I, <sighs> There's another black belt at the Jabara Gym. Mm. Jason Good, who's extremely hey. good with the worm guard. No, don't congratulate. It's really frustrating. Why is it frustrating? Another black belt. You just keep training. I already couldn't get him to stop grabbing my lapel and hooking me into a choke. <laughs> it was already a problem. I was like, what? Do I need to call Jubera over? <laughs> like, I had a real I was like, I can't stop him. I can't stop him from doing this. I'm trying to keep my lapel away from him. I'm like tucking it into my north-south jiu-jitsus. Look. I'm excited to return to the training station. I've never quit jujitsu. Um, it's tried. My body has tried. Mm. But you can see it in the rehab moments. It gives you inspiration. You think about what people are doing. 
and I was doing the Hibero get-ups yesterday to get my body ready to be able to handle the type of angle pressure of that type of passing. There is a lot waiting for me. I am certainly thankful, not for the continued success and evolution of the jiu-jitsu community without me. Wow. Including Jiber. I'm a very small person, Rob. Very small person. Very petty. Not not even afraid to admit it. Saying it on air in a documented form of audio. Look, can't wait to get back to training. Found myself being able to sustain some shoulder flexibility that is fantastic because it may or may not have dislocated a little bit. Just a little bit a few months ago. My rehab guy's been very good about helping me get through it and the tendonitis as a result of a dislocation. <laughs> We're yeah. doing great. We're having a good time together and in my jujitsu path. <laughs> Rap, six years, you're still surprising me by reminding me what our anniversary was. I have got to get that flower card back from Victoria before she notices. <laughs> and we're on a fantastic place to take a few days off, come back, Please listen to the Gary Tonin episode and check out the Grappling Hour on all social medias as you check out Verbal Tap on all social medias. I am Kevin. That'll do it for me tonight. Ref? This is some bullshit. I'm looking up the anniversary gifts by year, which I expect. And <laughs> the traditional gift theme for six years is iron in the U.S. or candy in the U.K. How the fuck did the U.K. get the better of the gift in the traditional set, the modern gift. And don't get me started. How you're supposed to tell the difference between the two is wood. Even though at the five year in the traditional gift theme, you were supposed to get wood. So do I send you a bracelet? I'm confused by everything you just said. You know what? I I got a jewelry guy. I'm just going to, if you give me a candy bracelet, I guess that, that kind of, (laughs) Gives the traditional gift. I'm confused. I said you would lock it in the theme of Titanic. I cannot (laughs) believe we're still having this conversation. Absolutely. (laughs) I just get so mad trying to figure out at what point do the people who make the powers that be in weddings go, well, the traditional gift has always been wood for year five. That has been moved to year six. Please mark your calendars accordingly. Shun your neighbors who do not adhere to it and also put lots and lots of Catholic blame upon your sons and daughters to adhere to wood year six. Anyway, well guys, where do I start? Considering Kevin just, uh, I mean, Kevin knocked the roof off of his shout outs this, uh, this episode. Um, I'll start here. Thank you to all of you guys who have listened. Thank you to everybody who has trained with both myself and Kevin because we are both thankful uh, for all the stuff that you guys have been able to pass on. We have a tradition-based sport, and a lot of that tradition uh, gets passed down, good and bad. But uh, a lot of the techniques are things that have been brought to us by a lot of people who have put in the time in uh, investing in our jiu-jitsu both on and off the microphone. So thank you to everybody for that. The other side of that is always saying thank you um, to the instructors as well. Thank you to all of the guests. It's remarkable how many people we still get to this day who just go, hey, you should put me on your show. And we go, oh, okay, cool. Do you listen? And they go, no. And it's like, well, <laughs> then maybe you should listen to our show. But then you get the sweet people, sweet, sweethearts, great people 
who always send us notes that say how much they love listening to us and how much they sincerely appreciate uh, the contributions that we make. And that always makes us feel good. It always makes us know that you guys are out there, you're listening, you're enjoying it. Maybe you're tuning out work. Maybe you're, I don't know, on your way to academy or driving the long drive. I've heard every form of people telling me where they listen to us at. And I usually try to stop them from telling us exactly where because I know inevitably someone will say they're listening to us on the toilet or while they're showering. And I'm like, I don't need to know that. It's good. Appreciate it. Didn't need to know that. Thank you to all of our gyms. I know Kevin extends all the way from Virginia to the Kansas to Denver. Thank you to everybody over here in California who's been a welcoming presence to me, whether I'm a part of your academy or a guest uh, or my own, a.k.a. Valley Martial Arts Center. Fuck! As well as the Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club and our good friends over at Van Nuys. Uh, who even this week I got to get in some training over there. And I, I will say this, Kev, you know what's very sweet? Uh, they were telling me, like, oh, hey, we're after, so for the holiday party, uh, we're thinking we're going to have people do this and this. And I was like, I don't assume I'm invited. You know that, right? And they're like, nah, you're invited. Bring your wife. We want to meet her. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So it's very sweet. So even the the people who extend open invites are always appreciated. And um, thank you to, again, Kelly and Vicky, who might as well be the backbone of this goddamn show. Hey, and Lucy, who's made a star well, about a guest appearances. <laughs> <laughs> She's currently staring at me right now being like, okay, Dad, what you had you your fun doing? podcast time. Yeah, podcast time's over, dickhead. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tab. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night, and it appears that both Bellator and the UFC on the same night here in Los Angeles. Happy six years to us. That's great. Bye. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...